Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Today is Sunday, the 13th of February. And uh, I just want to share something quickly with you. But before I share, I want to elaborate on a principle so that you can hear and receive what I'm going to share. Hallelujah. I want you to put me a, a scripture in the book of Luke. Luke chapter number 18, verse 17. Just put it there. Luke 18, 17. Thank you, Holy Spirit. He said, Assuredly, assuredly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will by no means enter it. Let's read it together. One, two, three. No, no, don't go to 18. I say just 17. Don't get to 18. Yes. Now put me John chapter number 3 verse 5. John 3 5. Before I even announce the topic. John 3 5. Let's go there. Okay, read it. One, two, three. Now, do you understand? Luke 18 says, if you don't receive it as a child, you can't enter it. Matthew comes, John comes, he says, if you are not born again, you can enter it. Do you understand? Two different truths. He said, if you don't receive a kingdom as a child, you won't enter it. On another side, John said, if you are not born again, you can enter it. These are two truths that displays two things. Is it when we are born again we enter it, or is it when we receive a kingdom? Hallelujah. Now, I know that some people believe that receiving the kingdom means that being born again, which is, can be connected, but I want to show you a difference here so that I can tell you why I'm saying this. Now, Luke is talking about if you don't receive like. Hallelujah. So Luke is talking about more an attitude. He said, if you don't receive like a children, a child, you will not. So Luke is his emphasis is on the attitude. Hallelujah. John emphasis is not on the attitude. John emphasis is on the disposition of the heart. Hallelujah. Your attitude, it's like, let me give you an example. It's like I come and I say, if you don't have a key, you can't enter the house. Then I say, if you don't open the door, you can't enter. If you don't have a key, you can't enter. But then I say, but somebody comes and say, no, if you don't open, you can't enter. So you can have a key, but if you don't open it, you will not enter. Now you can come with the intention of opening it, but if you don't have a key, you can't enter still. Two things for a same purpose, but different way of operating it. So when the message is preached, it's not just your heart that must be touched, but your attitude must change. Ah. So whatever I'm going to state here, you need to have a right heart and the right attitude. Otherwise, it will not be beneficial to you. Come on now. 
You can have a key, but if you don't put an effort to open, you will not get in. You can try to open, but if you don't have a key, you will not enter still. So attitude plus heart gives the kingdom. You see, because people think that the kingdom is acquired just by me being born again, but you have to have an attitude of how to receive it. Because the things of the kingdom are foolishness for those who are perishing, but are spiritual for those who are having life. So why am I saying it? Because what I'm going to say might shock some of you. I need to explain it. So today I'm going to talk about how to receive an answer through the prayer of faith. Remember I'm talking about dealing with a new covenant sent. How to receive an answer through the prayer of faith. Say it. Say it again. Now, there is a scripture that every believer should know. Yes. If you don't know that scripture, you will not function well. Mark eleven twenty four. This one, if you don't know it, it means that your kingdom base is wrong. Yes. And I understand why so many people in the kingdom are struggling. Because people want to acquire a result without going through the way. Many people try to worship God without the way. Jesus came and said, I am the way. It means this is the way to get to the Father. People say, no, we don't want it. We want the Father without the way. It does not work like that. So there is a way to function in the kingdom. If you don't know it, you are a wanderer in the land. You are in the land of Nod, where Cain was. Hallelujah. So let's read Mark eleven twenty four. 24. I know this scripture, I know it. You can wake me up in the night and I'll say it to you. Hallelujah. He said, therefore, therefore, I say to you, whatsoever thing you are, you pray, whatever you ask, when, when you pray, believe that you have received. And then, and you will have them. Let's say it. One, two, three. Now, there is a 23 that says, Truly, truly, I tell you, if you say to this mountain, be that removed and do not doubt in your heart, but believe that the thing that you say should happen, you will have whatever you say. Now, verse 25, connected to prayer, it says, therefore, when you pray, if you have anything against somebody, forgive. I'm going to connect all of them to you today. Hallelujah. This is something that, if you don't know it, please go home today and spend five hours learning this one. Hallelujah. Now we pray of faith. There are many kinds of prayers. Many kinds. But there is a prayer that is called the prayer of faith. Hallelujah. And the book of James speaks about the prayer of faith. James chapter number 5 verse 15. James 5 15. Let's go to James 5 15. Say if anyone is sick, let he call the elders, anoint him with oil. And the prayer of faith shall heal the sick. Let, let's read it. Okay. It said, okay, let's go to, okay. And the prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if you have committed any sin, it will be forgiven. There's a prayer of faith. And that prayer is not the prayer that you do, Lord, please, Lord, wait, Lord, yeah, Lord. No, that's not a territory prayer. It's not a strike prayer. You know when people strike, they say many things. This one says, we want government to do that. This one, they are together by different boards. So sometimes prayers are like that. It's confusing. Hallelujah. Now I'm going to take you through the step of prayer, of faith, so that you may receive. Hallelujah. Now, 
Mark 11, 24 is placed in a very specific context. It's placed in the context of Jesus cursing the tree. Hallelujah. Where Jesus said to the tree, let no man eat food from you ever again. And what Jesus said happened. So in verse 20, the Bible says, in the morning when they were going by the same way, Peter remembering what was done to the tree, said to Jesus, the fig to you which you curse has dried up. And Jesus turning to Peter said, have the faith of God. Hallelujah. Have the faith of God. Remember the disciples were surprised that the tree was dry. But Jesus saw the dry tree the day he spoke. So when he was passing by, he was not looking for that tree anymore because as far as he's concerned, the tree was already dealt with. And Peter and the disciples were still checking out if what Jesus said would happen. Oh, I'm still introducing my message. You see, people, Jesus does not want us to mimic what he does. Yes. You see, there was an occasion where Jesus, in the book, same book of Mark 9, Jesus cast out the devils of somebody that was uh, possessed by a demon of epilepsy. Now, the boy was rolling on the ground, and that's where Mark 9, 23 comes in. And when the father saw Jesus, he said to Jesus, Oh, my Jesus, your disciples have tried it, but they did not. But if you can do any, something, Jesus says in Mark 9, 23, if you can do, if you can believe, all things are possible to the one that believes. Now, the Bible says, and Jesus rebuked the spirit. And then when he was away, the disciple came to him and said, Master, why couldn't we do it? Do you know why they asked that question? Because they did it the way Jesus did it, they didn't work. They have seen Jesus casting out devils. So they came and they said, you, you foul spirit, we adjure you, come out of this boy. And the spirit said, I'm not coming out. So then they said, let's try the other one. The other one, Jesus said to the spirit, what's your name? I said, what's your name? He said, I don't tell you my name. Ha! Huh? They have tried everything Jesus did. That's what people do. We prayed, we had faith, and he still died. We, we have faith. We did it the same way Jesus did it, but ours didn't work. And they came to Jesus and said, Master, why couldn't we do it? He said, because of your unbelief. He connected the failure to the heart, not to the, not to the strength of a demon. It was not that that demon was so strong, but it was the state of the hearts. They have the right attitude without the right heart. They thought we have power over this thing. In the name of Jesus. Get out. He said, no, I'm not getting out. Now Jesus taught them something. It's your heart. So the prayer of faith takes on your heart. That's why verse 25, he says, if you have something against somebody. Because if you entertain things in your heart, you are not a candidate for faith because faith works through love. So you can't have faith. You have faith, but you can't work it out. Hallelujah. So the prayer of faith is connected to the heart, directly to the heart. So before you say Jesus didn't do it, check your, not just your attitude toward the word because you have a good attitude. I have the life of God in me. The power of God is in me. But is my heart consistent to what I'm saying? Because people say, this man had faith and he died. Who told you he had faith? He confessed, but who told you he had faith? That's why sometimes people try to change the word. When it does not work, they come with a theology. No, it's not every time God wants to do it because sometimes God does not. No, the problem is that it's not God. It's your heart. Uh, 
let me ask you a question. Is there any instance in the life of Jesus when he went to somebody and he said, you know what, I don't think your father wanted to do it. <laughs> Have you seen that? Whenever he got exposed, he did it. And he said in John 14, 12, you will do what I'm doing. But greater works than this shall we also do because I'm going to the Father. The problem is not with Jesus. The problem is with the heart of men. Because many times when we confess, fear is in our heart. Hallelujah. There is a young man that I saw him this week. Uh, and he said something that is very important. And I want to look. Uh, I met him. His, his name is Albert. And he said something very important to me when we were talking. And he said, and that was a, a thing that I learned from this young man, what he said. We were talking and he said, you know what? The opposite of faith is not fear. So I'm listening. What do you mean? He said, the opposite of faith is sight. And then I said, I didn't say anything to him. I went home and I was reflecting. And the Holy Spirit took me to 2 Timothy 5, 7. 2 Corinthians 5, 7. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, we don't walk by sight, but by faith. And that is the answer. It means whenever you are on sight, you are not on faith. So whenever you consider your condition, you're not in faith anymore. You are in sight. I went and the Holy Spirit started to talk to me. Open one sentence the guy told me. He did not even explain. He said, no, the opposite of faith is sight. And then we went on and talking about something else. And I said, I need to reflect on that. And you know what? Truly, 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 if you are on sight, if you walk by sight, you are not walking by faith. For you to walk by faith, you need to walk by another principle that is opposite the physical sight, which is the sight of a spirit. And the sight of the spirit is different from the sight of the man. Because, listen, do you know that spirit don't see walls? There is no existing walls in the spiritual world. That's why Jesus, when he rose from the dead, they said the door were locked and he came in. Because for him there was no walls. That dimension of limitation was not there anymore. So when you walk in the spirit, there is no limitation in your life anymore. Because you go above the sights, and now you are in the sight of the spirit. And as far as the spirit is concerned, what we are talking about does not exist. Your spirit can walk if you are crippled. The reason why you think you can't walk is because you have reduced yourself to the physical sight. Come on. Come on now. Now let's go to the prayer of faith. I want to take you through the steps. Prayer of faith. The first step in a prayer of faith. Let me take my notebook. The first step, because you have to put it down. Hey, you must go through this message again and again and again. If you do that, nothing shall be impossible to you. I'm telling you the truth. I have experienced it. I have lived it. I have lived it. This faith I'm talking about delivered many things into my hands. You know, I'm not a man that's standing here, God gave me this, God I don't do that. But this faith that I'm talking has delivered things in my hands that human beings cannot deliver in my hands. I give my testimony to some people and say, it's not possible. I say, it was possible for me. Last time I was sitting with a lawyer and I was giving a testimony of what happened to me. He said, I am a lawyer. What you are telling me, it does not exist. I say, it does. I am sitting here. It happened to me. So I'm going to teach you something that works in my life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh-huh. So the prayer of faith. Number one thing on prayer of faith, when you want to pray, before even you pray, before even you pray, you must have what we call a, a clear and definite idea of what you want. Before even you pray, have a clear and definite idea of what you want. Because God is not there to answer prayers that we throw in the air. Hallelujah. Let me give you an, Mark chapter number 10, verse 51. Mark 10, 51. Let's read it. Mark 10, 51. 
Oh, this is the month of supernatural accomplishments. Uh -huh. Mark 10, 51. Go quickly, media people. Be quick with me so that we can uh, finish. Mark 10. Jesus answered and said to him, what do you want me to do for you? Verse 52. The blind man said, verse 50, uh, okay. The blind man said, Rabboni, that I may receive my sight. Stop there. Do you think Jesus didn't know the guy was blind? Do you think he didn't know when the guy was coming, it's for him probably to see? But Jesus wants him to have a definite request. Yes. Haven't you read the Bible that says, knock and the door shall be open? Have you read that scripture? Do you think God does not know you are behind the door? Huh? Do you think he doesn't know you are there? But he said, unless you knock, me, I'm not alone. You need to have a definite action of intention. Hallelujah. You need to have a definite action, the request. Lord, I want to see. Hallelujah. He meet the crippled man that is crippled for 38 years, and he asked the guy, do you want to be healed? But the guy was at the pool. So already, at the pool is a testimony that it's like you find somebody on hospital lying on bed and say, do you want to be treated? <laughs> but why am I here? Imagine your doctor comes to you on the hospital bed. He say, how are you doing? Fine. Oh, you book in today. Yes. Do you want us to check on you? <laughs> ah, that's why I'm here. That's what Jesus is asking the guy. He is a healer. And he said, do you want to, to be healed? And sometimes we think Jesus was testing the guy. No, Jesus wants him to say yes. He wants him to say, this is why I'm here. So that's why the guy was talking nonsense. He said, okay, stop. You don't understand me. You stand up. He said, do you want to be healed? The guy started to give his CV to Jesus. I've been here for long. And when I want to stand up, somebody else stands up. You know people in the kingdom that are always uh, victims. Somebody else. Have you seen that of It's always the fault of somebody else. I left the church because somebody looked at me in a funny way. You. I left the church because they did that. Huh? Bye-bye. We'll see you in heaven. Now, you need to have a definite, a definite request. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, when, woo, hallelujah, Amen. a definite request. Say, for instance, you want Jesus to bless your prayer life. You don't pray, Lord, bless my prayer life. Bless my prayer life. It does not work like that. You go to him, you say, Holy Spirit, I want to spend one hour with you every day. Strengthen me to spend those hours. That's all. You can't go there, bless my prayer life. For what? <laughs> you have a goal. And if that goal that you want to achieve, that's what you bring to God. You bring your goals to God. Holy Spirit, now, you, you, some of you want to be married. You are praying and your husband does not go. Come, because you don't even know what you want. Yeah. Lord, please give me a husband. <laughs> you don't even know if you want to marry a South African, a, somebody overseas. You don't know if you want him to be a bit tall. You don't, you don't even know anything. Then you ask him to bring you something. You know why he's not bringing Because he did that to Adam. Adam blamed him. <laughs> Adam was sleeping. When he woke up, here is a woman. He said, oh, this is flesh of my flesh. Born, or I shall call a woman. <laughs> then when we was trouble, he said, the wife you gave me, which I didn't ask for. <laughs> so now you must be responsible. You must define what you want. Then when he brings, you won't say, the one you brought me. You say, the one I ask you. Yeah. <laughs> You guys must know that. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. 
God heal me. God heal me. God heal me. You say, Lord, these legs of mine, they need to preach the gospel. Now I'm stuck. I know by your strap I'm healed. But I want to tell you why I want to be healed actually. Because I want to be used for your kingdom. Kingdom purpose. You see, Anna had a problem. She was asking for a child because she wanted to give birth. And then the rival was tormenting her. Whenever Anna came, the rival said, you are barren, you are barren, you are barren, you are barren, you are barren. Anna didn't know. She was fighting the rival until she understood that I need to make a definite request to God. She went to the altar. She said, I'm asking you a child, but I'm asking you a prophet. Ah. She said, what I'm asking you is a prophet I'm asking. I'm not asking for any type of child. I'm asking for a prophet because he will be in your house. God said, now we are talking. Because I'm in need of a prophet, somebody say, I want to give you my womb so that I want to avail my womb so that you can put a prophet inside because this one is old. Hallelujah. Hmm. You are not prayed yet. This is not just prayer. This is to preparation for prayer. Yes, 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 yes. You know, when I was growing up, I was always saying that my wife will be tall. I always say to the people, I'll marry a tall woman. Then I had a girlfriend that was short. It was not matching (laughs) what I said. And then, in my ignorance, I said, this will be my wife, but she was my wife. <laughs> Not that there's nothing wrong with it. It was, was my choice. Huh? So there's nothing wrong with it. So I said, this is my wife. And then, later on, we broke up. And I was crying. I said, God, why? You say you want a tall one, not a short one. <laughs> and then I met this one. That matches what I asked for. <laughs> Hallelujah. So I I ordered her in the, from the spirit realm. And I said, this is what I want. Hey! This is what I want. Hallelujah. Second thing, before even you pray. Second thing. You need to see what you ask through the eyes of the spirit. Before even you can ask God. I'll give you scriptures. Hallelujah. Joshua chapter number 6, verse 2. Joshua 6, 2. Because I don't want to say things without showing me the script. Joshua 6, 2. Let's read. I have seven steps. Then you, you get Joshua 6, 2. Let's read. He said, and the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given into your hands its king, its mighty men of valor. Talking about Jericho. If you can't see it, you can't get it. I don't know if you care what I'm saying. If you can't see it, you will never get it. Jericho was still standing when God said to Joshua, see it. See. Why do you think God called Abraham out of the tent when he wanted to bless him? So that Abraham can have a vision of what God wants to do. He said, look at the stars. Have a vision of them. Look at the sand. Have a vision. That's your destiny. So you need to know that whatever you want to ask God, you need to see it first. It needs to be definite and you need to see it. Somebody say, I can't see. There is no gift of vision. Okay. When you read the Bible, have you ever seen that he said, that uh, the gift of uh, uh, knowledge, the gift of the word of God, and the gift of vision. Did you read that? No, because vision is a function of the man, of the mind of a man. Hallelujah. Vision is not a gift. Everybody can have vision. Hallelujah. Can I give you a vision right now? Eh? How many people have gone to the mall of uh, Waterfront? How many people have been there at least once in their lives? How many people? Okay. Close your eyes. See the waterfront. Do you see it? 
Do you see it? That vision. Vision is a function of images in your mind. Hey. Hey. I say, hey, let me take you somewhere. Matthew chapter number 5, verse 28. Do you have time today? Uh, when we finish that, you're going to collect some stuff in your life that you have never collected before. Because you thought God didn't want to give it, but it's because you didn't know how to get it. Matthew 5.28. Let's read it. Ooh, my wife, this is your birthday. This is a gift, birthday gift. <laughs> Matthew 5.28. Let's go. But I said to you, whoever, that whoever looks... Okay, read it for yourself. One, two, three. But... Said to you that whoever looks at a woman to last after has already committed adultery with her. This is a function of imagination. He said, if you look at a woman and you imagine in your mind that you are already being intimate with her, you have already done it. Now, if the negative part is true, what about the positive part? If I can imagine a relationship with a woman and God said, when you imagine it's already done, what about if I imagine my relationship with God? Ah! <laughs> what about if I can think of what my relationship with God is like in my spirit already? Hallelujah. Many years ago, one of my friends gave his testimony. He blessed, his car. he blessed somebody with his car, so he was without car. And then he was trusting God, and God says, can you see what you want? Then he said, yes. God said, okay, you can see it. He said, yes. He said, okay, so behave like you see it. So every morning he goes into his garage, empty garage, and he starts to drive his car from the garage. It took him three months, and the car was in the garage. You have left all this to the devil. Because that's why, that's why I started with what? <laughs> that's why I started with what I started, because you don't know this principle. Eh? Some of you are scared of it. You see, if you can imagine that you have slept with a woman, you have already done it. If you go to the book of Genesis, Genesis chapter number 11, the Tower of Babel. Do you know the story of the Tower of Babel? Do you know that in the Tower of Babel, before they built it, it was already built in their mind. So when God said, let's go down and see the city they have built, they haven't built it yet. It was still a project. But it was so real in their mind that for God it was done. Because your mind speaks louder in heaven than your mouth, if you don't know. Let me tell you that. Yes. Yes. Your mind is louder in heaven than your own mouth. That's why Jesus said, the intention of your heart will be judged. Amen. You haven't even said it yet, but for God it's done. That's why I said that if you hate your brother, sometimes you don't need to tell it. It's in your heart. Yeah. Yeah. But you have already killed him. So before even you can take a knife, you've already done it. That's why Abraham was dead. Isaac was dead. The Bible says that that when God said to Abraham to offer Isaac, in the spirit, Isaac was already dead. The moment Abraham said yes, Isaac was dead. So when Isaac was spared, it was a resurrection. Ah. So number one, what is the principle number one? Have a definite and clear. So it means put down what you want. Number two, what must you do? See it. Hallelujah. Number three. Number three, now you pray and ask what you see. Hallelujah. So let's say this lady is trusting God for a baby. The baby will not come until you see the baby. You want your baby with curly hair, brown eyes. You, is that what you want? If you want that, that's what you call forth. Because God does not just bring you a baby. 
you don't understand that one. Because if you can call what you see, the Bible says it calls the things that are not as evil. The reason why he can call them like that is because he has seen them already. So when he sees it, he calls it. So before you, you when you, you, have, you have a definite request, you see it, then you call it forth by prayer. You pray it. Then the Bible says in John chapter 14, verse 13 to 14, it says, whatsoever you ask in my name, I shall do. Hallelujah. Now, after you have prayed, number four, keep it alive in your spirit. Because some people pray and they forget. It means that if I have prayed for the baby, wherever I go, I see my baby. When I wake up in the morning, I see my baby. When I'm sleeping, I see my baby. My baby is with me all the time. It means that I have a baby room already. It means that I have a baby... You want God to give you a baby, you, don't have a, you didn't prepare a baby room. You want to fall pregnant before. God does not work like that. You, you want a job, and you wake up at 10 a.m. A man that wants a job, wake up at the time he wants to go to work. And he behaves like he's a, a man that is working. He has his coffee, and then he, he, he takes his computer, and he works. But you can't sleep until 10 a.m. Oh, please give me work. No. Lazy, lazy, lazy. Hallelujah. Keep it as a burning desire. I say keep it as a burning desire. Keep it as a burning desire. Hallelujah. I say hallelujah. I told you a testimony where we went to Israel and we got the visa at number 99. Some of you know. You know that when, even when they refused us the visa, I saw myself in the plane. Yes. If that, there was no doubt about that. I knew I would be in the plane. So when I was putting my luggages here, it was a Monday, putting in my car and going to Johannesburg to get into the plane. I didn't have a visa, but I knew I would be in the plane. So I traveled to Johannesburg. And I got the visa from the embassy of Israel. Thing that take two weeks, took just a few hours and they gave it to me. After we have received, refused free time, but I had a burning desire in my heart. I knew I would be in Israel. So I don't care what the embassy says. I care what God says. If you walk by sight, you are not in faith. Do you understand that? The Bible says in Proverbs 10, 24. Let's go quickly. Proverbs 10, 24. Proverbs 10, 24. Proverbs 10, 24. Thank you, Jesus. Are you guys taking down? He said, the fear of a wicked will come upon him, and the desire of a righteous will be granted. Let it be a desire in your heart. Hallelujah. Number five. Then have the assurance of what you ask for. It means no doubt. Assurance of what you ask for. That's where we read Mark eleven twenty four. 24. He when you pray, believe. Belief is the assurance in your heart. You say, believe that you have received it. And I taught you that receiving is in the spirit. So it means that in the spirit you have already obtained it. So when people ask, you have it. You know, I was touched by the testimony of an elderly Zulu here in South Africa. You don't know him. Because he was long ago, he's long ago gone. He was ministering. And... Uh, I read through the books of the history of the God's generals that many don't know. You understand? Many don't know. But sometimes there are more generals in Africa than the, white, the guy in Western Europe that you are talking about there. The generals in Africa, they did think people didn't record it. Yes. I know a general in, South, in Africa. You know this, this guy, when he's ministering, he's hovering over the, surf, the, 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 the air. It's not witchcraft. The power of God comes upon him and he harvests like this. It's not the smith who goes with. It's not these guys. I'm talking about 
real people in Africa here that commanded, I know one, when he has his conference, he does not go to fish, he does not buy fish, he goes to the river and he says to the fish, come, we have conference. And the fish will swim to him and he collects them on the bucket and he goes to the pastor's conference with the fish. That's the dimension we are talking about. These people were didn't write about because they were not literate. And the disciples didn't know how to write. We heard them by mouth of people that were witness of what happened. How many people you can see can go to the river and say, fish, I have a conference. And we need some of you to feed the pastors. Then you see the fish swim me. Because no one wants to miss at that divine appointment to be eaten. Jesus did that. He said, put your net to the right side. Woo! That word called the fish. Then they call all their relatives uncles. They said, you don't miss this one. The master is calling her unto death his glory. Then they went. Have the assurance of what you ask for. When people ask you, you say, I have it. So the old man that I talk about, he was praying for a bicycle. So Sunday he came to church. He said, praise God, God bless me with a bicycle. The people went with him home to see the bicycle. They got there. No bicycle. So following Sunday, they followed him. Third Sunday, they said, we are not following you anymore. You are crazy. And after a few weeks, he said to them, guys, I told you I have a bicycle. Some didn't go. The one that went, were shouting. Ah! In those days, bicycle are all races. Yeah! The bicycle is here. He does not have money, but he could get the bicycle. He said, it was here since the time I told you. But you couldn't see it because you were in sight. I saw this bicycle standing in my room long ago. Hallelujah. Number six. You call it forth. It's not prayer anymore. Because that one, you don't address it to God anymore. You address it to the thing. He said, if you say to the mountain, be that removed and don't doubt in your heart. But believe that the thing that you say, you will, it will happen, you will have whatsoever you say. Hallelujah. You, you say it. You say it in the spirit. You say it with people. You testify. You know how God taught me that? Don't do that. Eh? This is risky. I was writing, I was studying accounting, and I was writing my last degree before I finished. And when we wrote, it was a youth conference, and the Lord told me, testify. So I went in front of people. I said, what must I say? He said, tell them that you passed. Don't do that. Eh? <laughs> so I went there. I said, praise God. I passed my exam. And my friends were confused because we just finished to write a day ago. They said, when did you give you a result? I said, no, last night the Lord gave me my result. I got it. Guess what? After a month, they gave the result. I failed. <laughs> I felt like such a false prophet. <laughs> so, you know, what did I do? 6 a.m., I caught the bus out of the city. No one should ask me. I was so ashamed. I went. The way, place where I went, like 400 cases from where I used to say, went to my dad, and then I was there sleeping every morning, depressed in my room, oppressed by the devil, depressed by my own circumstances. People poor me. And after a month, 6 a.m. one morning, my father knocked at my door. He said, Elise, he woke me up. He said, what? I said, dad, what? He said, you pass your exam. I said, dad, when? My dad was shaking. He said, the minister just announced something. They say at the government meeting, they decided to do the, 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 the papers of the student. They decided to go and mark it again because they believed that some people were supposed to pass and they failed. First time in Ivory Coast ever. My father said, that's why I said you passed. And I said, so when are they going to give you a result? He said, they will tell us. After a week, they say the result of it. I climb into the same bus. <laughs> Going back. When I got there, guess what? My name was written. Hey, 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 hey. So, 
it happened once and it never happened again. My wife is here. It never happened again in the country. Because of me, God moved the government. The government was moved to make a decision because of a single man that testified. And you know what God was teaching me? God said, son, you know, it's by mercy I gave to you because you failed your confession. You were afraid because you thought it's the end. But with me, nothing is finished. I'll give you a last example, then i go to the last point. Lazarus died. But do you know that before Lazarus died, Jesus told them Lazarus will not die? Do you know that? He said, this sickness is not unto death. The people that were sent to Jesus to come and tell Jesus Lazarus was sick, he told them, go back, the sickness is not unto death. So they went to Martha and Mary, and they told them, the master says, this sickness will not kill Lazarus. And in the meantime, they were confessing Lazarus will not die. Even when he was sick, they can say, mm. <laughs> Jesus said, but this guy, the cough that we are hearing now, it's not nice. Then one night they hear, oh. <laughs> ah, Jesus, he's dead. <laughs> now we were talking between themselves. Mary, do you think Jesus missed it this time? <laughs> I think so. You can be as a good prophet, but sometimes you miss it, so... We don't want to go as far to say it's a false, but I think he missed it this time. Four days, Jesus comes. Jesus comes. The sister ran. Lord, if you have been here, my brother would not die. He said, no. I am the resurrection. No, he said first, your brother will rise. He said, yeah, I know that. Because Daniel talked about. In the book of Daniel, they say the dead will rise. So I know he will rise. Jesus said, no, no, I am the resurrection and the life. After that, the other sister came, say the same thing. They repeat the same thing. It means they've been talking. <laughs> what are the odds for them to say the same thing to Jesus? So Jesus came and he wanted to show people that for him it never lay because he holds all answers in his hand. And his life, and life for him can give life to the dead. So when Jesus went to the grave, I told you before, I preached that many times, that Jesus never speak about, spoke about death. Because he said Lazarus will not die. So what happened there? That's, that's not considered as death. Considered as just sleeping. He said Lazarus come forth. But here Lazarus walks. Come. You know people, doesn't matter what happened. Until Jesus tells you stop, don't stop. Yes, don't, until Jesus tells you himself, don't stop. Carry on. I say, carry on. Amen. Carry on. Now, the last thing is to act upon what you ask. Because you ask most and you believe, so you start to act upon it. Hallelujah. You start to, be, you start to act like if it's there, but it's there. Hallelujah. So you start to do it. Even when you think you couldn't, you do it because you are not bound by the natural. When you do that, you always get the result. Without fail. I say without fail, you will get the result. You will get the result. I say you will get the result. You wanted the job. Did you see the job? Did you see it? Did you saw your office? Did you see your office? You wish God would give you a promotion. He does not, he does not do that. It, promotion comes from him, but promotion is given to those who work according to what God says. Look at, when he, the commander of God's army came to Joshua, Joshua asked him, are you for us or against us? He didn't say to Joshua, I'm with you. He said, I'm the, I'm the commander of the Lord's army and I've been sent. He was telling Joshua, Whoever aligns himself to God, I'm for him. So if you can align yourself to what God says, God is with you. And he does it. Do you hear what I'm saying? I want you to go home and exercise this. Eh? And don't get discouraged. Oh, it didn't work. No. When you do that, you lose everything. Hallelujah. I say hallelujah. For everything in life, you see, 
I know I am anointed. You guys don't need to tell me that. I know that one. You see that? I know it. So, so when I come to church to pray and you are not there, then I start to speak. You are healed. Yeah. You, you are already healed. Yeah. Oh, this chair, you are healed. I see it. Yeah. Whenever I come into an empty chair, I, chair, I see you. Yeah. I minister to you without you being here. Yeah. I see it. I see it. Young evangelists, you want the crowd see it before. Stop trusting God that He will bring it somehow. See it. Call it forth. It shall come to pass. You want to sing to the nation? Have you seen yourself on stage in nations already? Or you are you are trusting that sometime God will pick you and put you? It does not work like that. You must see yourself. Ask a definite request, Lord. You have called me. I want to sing for, the, for your glory to this number of crowd. It's not just about the crowd, but it's about what you are putting me. I want 1,000 people to hear it. I want 2,000 people to hear it. I want 500 people to hear it. What is your definite request to God? Hallelujah. Amen. I say hallelujah. Amen. You know that you cannot buy a building without putting an offer. In your offer, do you put a number or you say, I want to buy the building? What do you do? Because you are definite. And then when you put an offer, they judge you according to your offer. So why do you think prayer does not work like that? You never put an offer. You just come and say, it's like God is selling, and you say, no, I want to buy it. How? No, I want to buy it. Write me what you want. No, I want to buy it. Don't you understand? I want to buy it. He said, but how can you do the transaction? Just do it. I want to buy it. Oh, Lord, set me free. Set me free. Oh, I'm tired. Can't you see I'm struggling? And then you backslide. Lord, I'm struggling too much. Lord, I'm struggling too much. Can't you see? You think you will touch God by your tears. God is moved by your faith, not your tears. Hallelujah. Can we give a big hand to our Lord? I said, can we give a big hand to our Lord? That's how the new covenant person works. You must go and listen to this again and put it to practice. And before you even pray, prepare your heart for prayer. Prayer is not something you jump on. You're not a prophet of Baal. That was some, some of you just praying time because you don't know what to say. I'm finished. What did you pray for? I don't know the spirit knows. The spirit knows. And praying tongues is good. I pray a lot in tongues. But I engage my mind also. We're not people without a brain. Hallelujah. We are people that are articulate, that can go before the throne of God and tell him exactly what we want. Daniel went before the throne, he said exactly what he wanted. He didn't go there. No, he didn't go there. He said, Lord, you say in your word that 70 years is decreed. That after 70 years we will go. He said, while I was praying, and making petition, the angel of the Lord came to me. Some of you need to know how to make petition and request, and then you back it in time. You, f- you spend five hours. After five hours. Charisma, over charismatic people. You come out after five hours and ask, what did you pray for? I don't know. Ah! That's why you fail in your relationship. Because relationship is a conscious thing. 
We engage. Imagine I go to my wife. Ba 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 ba. I don't need to speak down. I speak in tongues a lot. I don't want to talk like Paul because some of you maybe you pray more than me, so I don't want to be like Paul. But what I'm saying is that I pray a lot. As far as I'm concerned, and God is witness of that, I pray a lot in time. But I have learned in my Christian journey that I need to make definite requests to God. I've learned that. I learned that I need to make meaningful requests to God. Hallelujah. Amen. I say hallelujah. Amen. You have a desire. To see people saved. That's a burning desire. When you walk, see the people saved in your mind. And say to God, Father, I thank you for giving me the crowd. I thank you for they are saved. I thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Because I can see the people getting saved. So it's not just tongue. It's mixed. You see, I'll pray with my spirit, but I'll pray with my mind also. The two of them are in there. Hallelujah. I'm praying that God may bless you. Can we give a big hand to our Lord? Hallelujah. I say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Your here is blessed. I say your here is blessed. Anyone that is sick in the house, I want you to stand up. We're going to exercise what we say. Anyone that is sick in the house, I want you to stand up. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Any person that is sick. Come and see me. I'm going to exercise this right now. Because for me, preaching without demonstrating it also is something else. The Bible says that it does not just preach, but it lives and it works the word. Come, my dear. Come. All of you come. Stand apart. Eh? You know, we, we have. So if there's too many people, some sit and I pray for a group first. Stand apart. Stand apart. The rest, you wait. Go there. You wait there. Go there. You go there. Oh, is that your child? You stand here. You stand there. Okay. So stand there. Wait there. Okay, what is wrong with you? Allergy. I know what he's suffering from. You? Allergy. Okay, you? Okay, I'm going to train you. Okay. Number one, this is what we're going to do. I want you to close your eyes. I want you to close your eyes. And I want you, I want you to see yourself as healthy as you can. Hallelujah. See the skin disease disappear. See the, the struggle disappear. Are you seeing it? All of you, are you seeing it? Do you see yourself healthy? Are you seeing it? Are you seeing it? You see it? Okay. Now, I want you to ask, a, I want you to, to, to ask a, a definite things to God. If that sickness, I want you to call the name of the sickness and say, God, I want to be healed from this thing. Just say it. Say the name of that sickness. Say, I want to be healed from it. Then you say, by your stripes, I am healed. Do you see in your spirit Jesus being crucified for that sickness? Look at it. Look at it. Do you see the nails going through his hand and his blood coming out? Do you see that? Are you seeing it? Are you seeing the cross? Okay. Say, I receive right now from the cross what you have done for me. In the name of Jesus. See it rising from the dead. See the empty tomb. You have never been there, but see the tomb open. Do you see that? Do you see Jesus? Do you see the tomb open empty? And declare now, I am healed. Say, I am healed. Say, I am healed. In the name of Jesus. Say, I am healed. Do what you couldn't do before for those who it's a struggle. Do what you couldn't do before. Believe it. Believe it. Do what you couldn't do before. And just do it by faith. You're receiving your healing right now. In front of people, you're receiving your healing. You're receiving it. You're receiving it. That, that, this, that thing is cleared. Eh? You see it gone. It's gone. Finitos. Hallelujah. It is done. There is no magic in this. There's no magic. That's how it's happened. Now you know why we lay hands on you. 
It's just to confirm with you. Otherwise, sometimes you doubt. It's to help you. Otherwise, we don't need that. Hallelujah. Let me put my mask and just pray for you guys.